When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Berwick BMW, making a new car resolution. Start your new year in new wheels from Berwick BMW. Rotoflex, world-leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. The Run Home. Hello everybody, welcome to the show. It is The Run Home for another week here. Monday afternoon, the 6th day of Feb. Great to have your company. Thanks to The Pipe and... The super team here, eleven sixteen SEN, who have just been magnificent to kick off another off go, huge pipe. week in the world of sport. And it's a huge week in the world of sport, not only with as we look back, uh, Andrew, goes to what happened on the weekend, but we look forward to uh, the commencement of um, the Test Series against the Indians starting on Thursday and the Women's World Cup not too far thereafter. Lovely to see you. Good afternoon. Yes, a delight to be here. And a lot going on, isn't there? Just a few things chipping away and... Uh, some old scars being opened up again. Oh, uh, when I've just picked up the on the uh, News Limited website and just seeing that uh, our old mate. Oh yeah, ten years. Yes, Timmy Watson and James Heard. Uh, well, according to this article, there might be some irreparable oh. damage done. Between I must admit, the I haven't read. I haven't read Robo and Mick Warner's um, investigation. Into the ten years, I'm, I've had a, I've, I've probably had enough. Pussy's I can't deal with much more of the Essendon stuff, so I'm, I don't know how Essendon supporters are dealing with that. I can understand well, why. Why is it being rehashed? Well, because it's ten years. It's right. ten years. So, so it's I, an anniversary. Is that it's what not, you're saying? It's not. I think we're going to have an anniversary a, of no, the I'll, drugs. From what saga. I can, from what I can gather, is they, they've thirty got, years time. There'll no, be a team dinner. No, uh, no. This is anniversary of. <laughs> Thirty. I don't think they'll be doing that. I wouldn't have thought so. No, so but they've gone. You know, the the where are they now, and what's happened to them yes. in the ten years since? Type uh, expose and investigations been done, and and from a you know from a coverage of a historical you know a moment of historical significance, mm-hmm. I can probably understand why that would be of genuine interest to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. um, but but f- just so, so I apologise for not reading the Tim Watson James Heard story. You'll have to tell me more about it. Well, there's not a lot to say oh. other than the when um, what Joe. I'll be, what I'll be happy that you're talking about it. No, this is he good. will not be. No, happy. he will not. But it's in the papers. He understands that we're here to provide some for fear or sporting news. No whether, fear, no favour. And of course, we're very sympathetic to the situation. Uh, but the fact of the matter, well, as it's been reported, I don't know if it's the fact, but the, it has been reported yep. that um, that once there was a the loss of the Brownlow kicked in, then the angst between the Herds and the Watson the Watsons mm. really took off, elevated. And now I don't know if it's true. Tim, I think is oh, the one thing I've learned from Tim. He is a very forgiving man, and I dare say if. Tim Watson was in that chair right there, and James Heard walked in. There'd be no animosity. There'd be a shaking of the hands. I believe. Now, <laughs> I could be completely and totally wrong and maybe misrepresenting the circumstances 100%, but that's my understanding. Well, Tim, he's a very, very forgiving person, and you move on. Yeah, well, that's good, and that's a nice way to be because we want to divest, don't we? Of, mm, that's of, why it surprised me with this story in the 
on the. Uh, what? So you're saying that Robbo and Mick Warner have got it wrong, are you? Is that no, what you're I'm. I'm surprised that, that they've pulled the wrong rein. They've misread. Of course, they the Watson Heard relationship. Sure, they they haven't, but. Right. I'm just surprised that it's resurfaced. Did you, when you saw that they'd done the the, the um, expose into, you know, the mm-hmm. sort of deep dive into what had happened, obviously, in the fallout since, did you have a, was your eye drawn to the stories? Did you want to know about all the well, passage I, of time and, yep. and how it's affected all of the key people? Not, well, I guess you have a passing interest, but mm. only because... We're good friends with Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't like to see Tim having any sort of no, quarrel n- with neither, anyone. Neither do I. And particularly with someone that they share this affinity with the Essendon <laughs> Football Club. That's true. But that's it's always a little bit sad when you you know someone personally involved. No doubt, no doubt. So uh, yeah, that caught my eye. But uh, there was a big expose, expose. I never actually read it. They were going through it with the whole Stephen Dank thing and about mm. he's trying to justify uh, that nothing to see here ten years later. So, uh, but it's done and dusted, isn't it? There's nothing. Well, yeah, there's nothing. I don't think there's no. Re- there's no coming. I mean, there's well, I guess no. They're trying to. He was trying to seek. Uh, Get the charges and the accusations, and and his desire to assist the players. He's trying to clear the decks or, or help out in that sort of thing. Dank is, yeah, right. Even though it's ten years later, mm. well, that's what I'm. Like I said, I didn't really do a deep dive into it, but that's the motivation. Which I reckon is, there'd be a lot of incident supporters who uh, mm. suffered a great deal of trauma. Uh, through that period, and clearly, people involved in the footy club. You know, you've mm. you've just got a, I've got the news limited um, stuff up now, and you just look the website up now, and you look at the headlines mm. and the key people, and there's some really good football people who were in the middle of all of that at the time. Um, you know, whatever their culpability or mm. responsibilities were, who, who's probably ever to know in all cases, but. For people to have been part of a great football club that they mm. committed so much of their life to, then to be involved in this, and then for that to be the 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 legacy, their last act mm. in the world of football, and as a, particularly as a football operative, for that to be the last, really significant, last significant act that they would have in responsibility with the game, for that to mm. be the shadow that um, follows them forever. I can understand why that is a very difficult oh, legacy to leave is. behind. And, know, and, and as it, much as the rest of us just want to get on with it. And, of course. And even more importantly, as revealed in uh, this story, it's the relationships that it's burnt. Yeah, close, yeah, yeah. close yeah. relationships with uh, people associated with the Essendon yeah, Football yeah, Club yeah, and, and yeah. even a, a, uh, beyond that. It's it's sad when yeah, it you is. see that's a consequence of this horrific thing that took place. It is no, mm. no, nothing good. I don't think's come of it. So uh, it's an pox. What, Monday, it's an Monday. It is. Mm. It's a pox and a rocks, and there might be. It, it will remind us forever that that was a period of time that is and will forever be a pox on the Essendon Football Club. There's no doubt about that. And in the minds of many people, a pox on the game because of the way it was handled and. Um, Is there anything, Andy? Let, let's. I ask you this question. So Monday, Pox Rocks one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Is there anything through the passage of time, and perhaps other evidence or other information? Do you think that anything is ever going to clear the players and get a perhaps a reason? When you say clear, what do you mean by clear? Clear to say that they never took anything that was well in that the was minds, banned. 
Has that oh, already let's been? Not, let's not. There's nothing you don't think that could ever, through the passage well, of time, there's no, nothing that's ever going to change that? Well, think? I think people have made up their mind, irrespective of whatever information uh, is is put. Mm-hmm. I think people have made up their mind about- Impossible uh, to get more information? Anything well, new? I, well, I would think so, isn't it? I, I mean, you know more so. about this sort of stuff than me, having been, lived through- um, as many Olympics, uh, Olympiads as you well, have, you understand? In- no, no, no. But you understand the um, the requirements for um, you know for positives and negatives and clarity and clearing and all of the, clearing of names and all of that sort of stuff. So no, I would think yeah. that we are where we are. Yep. I think wherever wherever you've landed on the Essendon stuff now, I would be. Uh, I don't think there's anything coming to light from this day forth mm. that's going to change people's minds mm. on. Culpability, responsibility. Brownlow um, never to be reinstated. I, I would think not. That's sad. It is. I would think not. That is really sad. Yeah. Well, on what grounds would it be reinstated? Well, if some new information yeah. was what new to information the table, could possibly, you know, I don't know. What else is out there? Where would it come from? It could not have been investigated more in more detail. No. Uh, other than I guess through time, some of the individuals involved. Maybe they have information that's been hidden. Wouldn't you think that if you if you are in that position, if you're sitting on mm. something that is absolutely categoric, yep, I don't know what that would be. I don't know yep. what it is either. But you would have it would have come out by now, wouldn't it? Maybe well, I, I, think, I think unless it's highly incriminating. Well, if it was something that was going to exonerate, it would have been well. That's what I brought guess, to the table well, I, I straight guess away. We don't need any more bad news associated with mm. this, do we? Well, that's the that's sort of my point. I think this has been such a dark stain on footy and that footy club, and so many people who you know were there at the time that uh, I can't see there being any more difficult bad to come out. I think if somebody's got something good, it would have come out by now, and um, we'd be. We would have heard it. What an unfortunate situation! It's horrible! Though. It's horrible! Ten I was with Tim. Up. We were, I was doing I breakfast with Tim at the time. Oh, I still remember the day he eviscerated uh, me for a comment that I made. He, he but was that's okay. He, that, well, he was living it. On of every, course, every second day there was another bombshell story. Well, his son was involved, of course, mate. And he didn't. Probably there's concerns about actually what his son might have been inflicted with. Yes, that's a. Very scary proposition. Absolutely. So you can understand why you'd be very emotional about it. No doubt. No doubt. But isn't it sad that, like, like I said, it's, you said a ten-year anniversary. Well, I shouldn't have used the word. Is, an, I shouldn't have used the word. I guess you can use the word it's anniversary. An anniversary. It, well, it is. It's a yeah. Bad anniversary. Yeah, that's but, right. But it's something that's probably going to linger for a long, long time throughout our lifetime. We'll all be remembering back. Oh, remember this happened? Yeah, there will be stories. There'll be signpost moments as the years roll sort of forward that bring us back to this, Mm. whether we like it or not. one 300 pox We're going to catch up with the Scorchers. They were part of the Rocks. We'll get to that a bit later on. Matty Hill's going to join us. Andrew Gunn. Bad. There's a pox out of Melbourne. Andrew Garnham. What did I say? Gun, I thought you said. No, I said Andrew Garnham, going oh, to join bad. us. Sorry. Um, the sports physician, obviously, amongst sports a whole lot of other doctor. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elite sports physician. doctor. Yeah, doctor. Uh, we are, We want to know about the thyroid because Christian Salem, uh, the news has dropped again today that one of Melbourne's most important players, and it really emerged as an absolute top shelfer in the competition. Mm. For the third time in his career, the thyroids flared up again. Now, it was in his first year, and that resulted in a delayed start to his career. 2016, it reappeared, re-emerged, 15 games 
he missed in 2016. And now at the start of 2023, his thyroid complications have come back again. Um, so we want to talk to Andrew Garnham, not, not specifically about um, Christian Salem, because as far as I'm aware, Andrew, Dr. Andrew Garnham hasn't um, no. hasn't uh, done any – what's the word I'm Work looking? with him. Correct. Yeah, hasn't examined him is That's the word I'm looking for. Geez. So he may not know specifically mm. about – but he'll know generally about why the thyroid for a high-level and elite-level sports person can be so problematic. And mm. when you read about the potential uh, troubles – that a thyroid can cause to an elite level sportsman, it's mm. fairly significant. Well, it's flared up because Again, he yeah. had it when he was I first just said drafted. That, 13 and 16. Weren't you listening to me? I, I was. No, I don't I believe just you were. Trying to reinforce right. <laughs> because there was a lot of words there and I was just trying to praise it ever so slightly. Well, you're doing just, a very good job. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, Andrew Garnham, he will. Uh, Absolutely know all about the thyroid and the impact on elite athletes. And Paul Upham's going to join us, boxing commentator. This is a pox as well, and we'll dive into it throughout the show. What happened in this uh, super featherweight bout on the weekend where Australian uh, Liam Wilson was fighting for a world title against Emmanuel uh, Navarrete. He knocked him over in the fourth round, knocked him flat on his backside. The bloke was given 27 seconds Mm. to get back to his feet Face the count, regain his composure. It wasn't a 27-second count, though. No, he was yeah. given 27 seconds all up mm. to get to regain his composure, get up, face the count, dust himself off and fight again. Mm. And now there's been a, um, an appeal's been put yeah. in against the fight. It might be declared a no contest mm. if uh, several parties have their way, uh, and then that'll probably lead to a rematch if that's mm. the way that the Navarrete camp want to go. And now, of course, Liam Wilson wants the big fight against George Cambosis, a big mm. local fight. So we'll wait and see what happens next in well, regards to all of that. But and it, it's, it it's, was hard to watch. Mm, it seems uh, like a really long period of time. now. So, But when you watch it, and you not that particular, but just in general, boxer goes down, they start the count, gets to seven or eight, he gets up, yeah. and then they'll check him. They yeah, that will takes take about 12 or 13 seconds all up. So usually if you're saying it's probably, what, well, say the bloke goes 20 down. seconds, you well, go, well, that's okay. Well, once the bloke's on the deck, on the mm. can, once the bloke hits the canvas. The count starts. How, how many seconds does the count start? Ten. Well, it takes a, probably a couple Two seconds. Of, yeah. Two seconds in the count starts. So, so 12 seconds, the bloke's got to be back up on his feet. Mm. How long thereafter does the fighting start again? How many more seconds? Well, One usually, or two? One or two? No, usually they'll go, they'll rub the gloves, they'll yeah. have a bit of a look at them to try and make that assessment Three. on Three where seconds. they're at. Three is seconds. it that quick? Is it pretty quick? I would have thought it's probably seven, you know, seven to ten. Oh, sometimes ten seconds is not very long. Well, if, the, if the ref's looking at the bloke for ten seconds after he's already met the count, yeah, and got back to his feet, the guy's probably in real trouble. I would have thought. No, no, fight's over. You go back to your mm. twenty. You're done. Yeah, twenty-seven seconds. That this seems bloke a got. long time. Yeah, and when it? you see it, mm. when Benny Line is with us again this week, doing a super job, by the way, may I say, along with the A Rod, uh, when you see the vision. <laughs> And the timer on it. Yes. It seems extraordinary. Doesn't make sense. No. And you can understand mm. why people in the kids camp, the Australian kids camp, are concerned about. And don't forget, mm. there was the weigh-in issue at the start mm-hmm. where there was some something something uncertain about the scales that were being used and all sorts of stuff. So there was a bit of a stench going into the fight. I don't want to lay any... You know, accusations or allegations, Keith, but... Yeah, seems like you are. Oh, you? I'm just saying, it's a bit mm-hmm. 27 seconds, an awfully long time. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the King Island Golf talk well, back. that's a pox. What was that? That whole 27 second... That's exactly what I just said. 
Oh, Did you put it in officially in the pox category? But I'm glad you're backing me up. I'm backing you I'm up. I'm backing me up the whole way. Uh, we got to get to some rocks too because, by Jiminy, what you were part of yesterday, my goodness gracious mm. me, that was a magnificent – what a magnificent weekend for Australian sport, and we'll get to that in a moment. Mm. But we've got a few callers on the line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're here for Berwick BMW and Blunston, of course. It is the tradies hour for Ace Gutters, Australian-made Built to last, our great mate Andy is on the road. It's already 19 minutes past three. Good afternoon to you, Andy. Well, 2023 just got a whole lot better with you, lads. How are you going? Yes, brother. How are you going? Great to hear from you, my friend. Good, good. My little one, uh, Jack, about six months old now. Oh! uh, That's that's turned the world upside down. Is Is this number one for the Andys? No, number three, number oh, one boy, though. Well, well done. Excellent. Three. Excellent. Busy man. What do you got for us? You got a pox? Uh, yes, I've got a pox, but next Monday, uh, are you guys working next Monday? Uh, well, I'm going to have a rocks with the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Mm. They'll win it. Uh, no, win no, it. no, 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 no. They'll win it. Do you want a little side? Well, you and I will have a little one side. One word. Mahomes. Yeah, no, he's a good player. He's a very good player. But you've got to play the whole team. And you know what wins Super Bowls? Mm. Defences. Well, you say that in all sports. You do, that's sports. right. Uh, Andy, I think if you're a Philadelphia Eagles supporter, you'd be feeling pretty confident based on the body of work they've produced. But, but hey, the other mob, they've got, they got a couple of serious weapons. So we'll, we'll wait and see. Hopefully we get a great – Jared will be calling the game. And then if the fifth if there's a, a fifth day required the in test. the first test Australia or India, then we've got the afternoon we'll have off. Spell. So, you know, let's, uh, let's hope for a flat deck. <laughs> That's <laughs> over flat deck. No greater interest than self-interest. <laughs> and the fifth day, because they're a little feet up on a Monday. That's mm. pretty nice, isn't it? Well, you I'll... know, have a couple of beverages watching the Super Bowl. I don't have to worry about coming to work. That'd be very nice. Thank you very much. Mm. Uh, did you have a pox, though, Andy? I don't know whether we got it out of you or not. I think we got did. a couple poxes. Uh, our EPL teams, Liverpool and Leeds, absolute shambles, both of them. Horrific. <laughs> Horrific, uh, with a capital H. Yep, and I, I can't see the uh, our Yank being uh, there by the end of the month. I reckon he's gone. The Yank, the yeah, coach. John Henry, the bloke who owns it. For a mm. bloke who... No, the coach. He's talking about, isn't he? Well, Jurgen Klopp, he ain't American. No, no, who is he to... But isn't the... Oh, no, 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 yeah. The, no, John oh, Henry no. owns him, yeah. yeah. For a bloke who's got a lot of money, occasionally very reluctant to spend... Mm. I don't know what it is with him, but uh, anyway. Uh, no, their, their season is uh, is horrific. Uh, and a couple of twists and turns today too, by the way, with Arsenal getting beaten and then Man City getting beaten and Harry Kane writing himself into the history books for uh, Tottenham Hotspur. We'll talk about that on the way through this afternoon. Dirk, good on you, Andy, and congratulations to the fam. Hopefully uh, number three is nothing but a barrel of laughs and a bundle of joy for the rest of your life. A hey, 22 past three. We're going to get to a break. <laughs> Casey's on the tally, pointing himself out. We're going to get to a break. Dirk Daz will get to you on the other side of the break. one three hundred seven three six seven three six from a huge weekend in the world. What was Poxy and what was Roxy? Great to have you with us this Monday afternoon. Dirk's in South Bank. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Jump on the King Island Golf Talkback Line. Play King Island's Pure Links Golf Course. There are three magnificent golf courses down there, Kirkford. There's mm. golf course. There's three courses. golf courses mm. down there. Good afternoon to you, Dirk. Oh, good afternoon. Um, this is just some encouragement for you, Andy Ma. I'm 
After the news, what happened uh, with last week with, with Zach Williams and with the developments uh, with the women's program, mm. you were the first person that I thought of, uh, Andy Marr, and, <laughs> you know, my thoughts are always with you, mate. Mm. Oh, well, that's very nice um, of you, Dirk. It's very nice of you. Well, Zach Williams was a setback, I would have thought. Well, Zach Williams, yeah, well, it's a major setback. Mm. There's no doubt about that. Um, Zach, anybody, like, ACLs are bad luck. Mm. Anyone can do an ACL at any time, and you wish him a perfect and speedy recovery. A couple of other issues down there with some recurrence and stress fractures mm. that are a little concerning. Oh well, they just they get stuck in the craw a bit as a supporter of a footy club. But but Dirk, it's very nice. Did you have anything else to add, or was it just a general shout out for concern? Oh yeah, just a general shout out for concern, nice. um, and also I just wanted to say that you. The two of you together are the best combination <laughs> oh, at SEN. You guys are just a barrel of laughs. I, I'm always just laughing the whole time, just hearing you guys just arguing the whole time, yep. which is very entertaining. And, mm. um, Gazy, <laughs> I'm not an Essendon supporter, <laughs> but I thought you were a bit tough when you said they should catch up for a team dinner. <laughs> Thank you, Dirk. No, not that, nice was, that was that was. I understand that, but un, I just no, want to put some, funny. If no, that was pretty funny. No, someone's just tuning in. It was because Annie said, "Well, it's the tenth anniversary," and I didn't think you should be celebrating. So I sort of mocked him by saying, "Oh, what are they going to catch up?" You're mocking me for the. You? Well, I was mocking you because. Well, what do you want to call it if you don't want to call it an anniversary? You. What do you want to call? No, it? You're, you're spot on, but it just sounded well, a little funny. I oh, know it doesn't seem weird. like the sort of thing that you want to see. Hey, Generally, Dirk, anniversaries are to be celebrated. Hey, Dirk, you're a wonderful human being, and a Signet Boost Power Bank valued at fifty nine ninety five is coming your way. Well, clearly, the 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 line in the sand has been drawn here. Yeah. If you say something nice about Gazy, he's going to give you a prize today. Well, it's about you as well. But Jen, you're in charge of the prizes. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. you don't really get the sort of the. Uh... The love that sometimes well, you comes are captain through. of Australia. No, no, not that I get it. I'm just saying that, that you're <laughs> yes, you every are. now and That's again. That's exactly what you're saying. The feedback is is well, it's questioning feedback. That's what it is on I'd the like temper to... text. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Dave's in Murna. <laughs> I didn't know how to That's why I don't have it in front of me anymore. I didn't know how to pull. How are not you? Not very often though. How, how are you, David? Mm. Yeah, good things, boys. Uh, thanks very much for the tickets uh, last week to go through the Southside Flyers. How was it? Fantastic it was. Yeah. yeah. It was fantastic. So I was just going to put it down that my pox was obviously 62 seconds in, um, Lauren Jackson going down. But the crowd, to be a part of history, um, taking my young daughter and young son, um, they had an absolute ball. And, mm. um, you know, it could be Lauren Jackson's last one, but, you know, to be able to take my daughter, who's only six, to see, you know, probably... Um, arguably Australia's greatest basketball with yourself, Gazy. I think, um, mm. yeah, there's my pox and rock sort of all we might. Yeah, yeah it's a good call, on. David. That is a great call, David, because uh, unfortunately for those that aren't aware that Lauren Jackson played in that game on Saturday night against the Sydney Flames, and it was a double pox if you're uh, a fan because uh, the Flames got the win. I think it was 68-67 or something like that. Mm. So they lost out. They missed out by a point. And most importantly for Southside, they, they lost Lauren Jackson for the season. She's a partial tear of her Achilles. And now she the, the went in with a Yeah, she yeah. went in with a, a – um, what's the name of that Liz bone? Frank. A Liz Frank uh, issue. Fracture. Fracture on one leg. 
And then on the opposite leg, maybe it's just related, Annie. Maybe they're just Who knows, Keith? Oh, you may be favouring one so much that the other one slips. Stiff, though, if it's not because oh. of one, just bad luck. That's incredible bad luck. Incredible, incredible bad luck. Mm. Mm. So our thoughts are with, uh, with, with LJ, who probably shouldn't have been playing anyway. Let's be honest. With, with the Liz Frank, she probably shouldn't have been. But she mm. knew that... Um, you know, she'd been a huge part of the build-up. Yep. The marketing of that game was... She felt obliged. Of course she did. Of Pushed course through. she did. Yes, she did. Doesn't so, like to disappoint people. N- no, she doesn't. And the whole thing was marketed around her, and rightly so. Uh, and I'm... I'm re- we interviewed her last week about it, and I'm really hopeful that she doesn't hang them up after this season. But based on the way she was talking, I think it's... We may have seen her for the last time, which is a sad situation. Let's hope not. But given her comments that she made to us last week, it's uh, it's going to be tough. But boy, she's got a competitive instinct, and I wouldn't completely write it out, write write her off right now. But it's going to be extended time on the sideline with the Liz Frank, with the Liz Frank, and, and the then Achilles. the partial tear yeah. of the Achilles. Well, when you put to her, we're going to get to the news. But when you put to her last week when she joined us, whether she'd consider mm. uh, extending her commitment to Australian basketball to Paris twenty twenty four. She didn't exactly say, yes, I will. She said, I'll have a think about it. But had she said yes, for Optus Sport, that would have been a hell of a yes moment. Mm. A hell of a yes moment. Oh. Just in case she'd said yes. That is one of the greatest integrations of a sponsorship I've ever heard. Well done to you. That's why you are in the top echelon <laughs> of commentators and hosts of radio programs. Thank you very much. Nice work uh, from you, Stone Cold. Uh, we're getting to a break. Give me a hell yeah. Paul hell Up- yeah. Paul Upton's going to join us this half hour. Eight. To, so what, what, what can possibly happen next mm. with this uh, Liam Wilson fight, which was a massive pox, mm. a massive pox on the weekend. What about this? And I don't know whether it's a pox or a rocks. And if you're a Dallas fan or you're a Brooklyn's fan, you might have a view. But Kyrie Irving has been traded to the Dallas Mavericks to huge. play along a Luka Doncic. So this is a huge, huge move, and uh, speculation about other teams putting their hands up of what they were prepared to offer, and um, it's it's quite extraordinary when you think of the Nets. They had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden was going to be their big three. Now, it has been nothing but an unmitigated disaster, really, when you assess the whole Massive picture when it's all... And now they've, they've picked up Ben Simmons, he's working his way through it all, and for Dallas... You've gone with Kyrie Irving. They had Jalen Brunson, Andy, last year, and they didn't re-sign him. He went to for 22. They weren't prepared to pay a little little extra Good for player. him. Would you rather Kyrie Irving or Jalen Brunson right now? Jalen Brunson. Well, they gave him up, and now I'd rather Jalen Brunson. Well, only I, who's doing his stuff at the Knicks now? Yeah, he is. I know, and this is because. Did someone tell you? I watched him beat. Yes. He was a key figure in the defeat of the Boston Celtics last well, week. Well, that's right. So it's it seems a a strange situation. Okay, is it going to work, Keith? Is the Dallas uh, – Kyrie Irving to Dallas mm. alongside Luka Doncic. Now, I put to you they both like having the ball in their hand. That's 100% incorrect. Is this going to work? It's going to be a work in progress because you're 100% – that's my biggest fear – Luka Doncic dominates the ball, mm. and is he prepared to let others put, get involved? Now, he said all along, I need help, I need help. They had a big billboard in Dallas saying, please get me help. Now, he didn't put it up there, but others, Correct. they want him some help Massive for him. Massive thing. And he's a, he's a superstar, top three to five players in the world right now. 
how you integrate a very good, an outstanding player in Kyrie Irving into that is going to be interesting. Kyrie was pretty good the last month or so with the Nets. And, well, he's uh, still a good player. Well, he is. It's just all the other stuff okay. that goes along with it. All right. So you don't. So you feel you're on. I'll allow you to be on the fence. Of whether I, it's, I kind of am. okay. Be on the fence. Mm. Some good judge. We're going to get to the break. Some good judges are saying the Nets aren't done here mm. in terms of reforming their list, and that our man might be. No, it's well rumored. Okay, and Seth Curry. Seth Curry apparently is on the. Uh, they're prepared to shop so, both those so two. When, so when Ben was le- when Ben Simmons was leaving Philly, mm. he specifically said big market team. Don't send me somewhere. Don't send no. me to OC. Don't send me. I want a big mm. market team. Does he need to revisit that? Do uh, his people need to talk him into? Hey, Ben, maybe the best thing for you right now, young fella, is to get off Broadway. Mm. Get off Broadway. Go to a small market mm. team where you can. Well, they've invested Fly a lot. Fly under the radar a bit. They've invested a lot. He's still got three years to run. I think three years still to run. It's two or three on top of this one at massive money. And what type of return are you going to get for Ben Simmons? That would be a big sticking point for the Nets. To, and it's a gamble yeah, because yeah, yeah, you yeah. got to – basically, if we take less, you're basically writing off the fact that Ben Simmons is not going to be the Ben Simmons that he once was. And that's a risk because he could be the Ben Simmons that he was on track to be. And you've given him away for, relatively speaking, mm, not a lot. Yeah. So it's it's a big decision that the, the Nets uh, ownership have to go through. Fascinating stuff. It's 29 minutes Sean to Sean Marks, New Zealander who runs the show. He's the GM there. He's pulling all these strings. Good luck to you, Marksy. 29 minutes to four. <laughs> Good fella. Liam Wilson, what's going to happen with this? With this uh, Brunson the... over Irving call is a pox. There you go. There Here you they go. come right now. Righto, there you go. Mm. It's already a quarter to four. I don't know where those 45 Outrageous. minutes have gone, but they were just great fun. And I don't want him back because I was so good. No. And it's a joy to be here with you. Paul Upham joins us, as he often does, to talk boxing with us. Fox News, uh, Fox Sports News, the Nest TV show, all over the place. uh, Completely dialed into the world of boxing here in Australia, around the world. And yet again, there is a controversy, this time involving an Australian, Liam Wilson. We've already poxed it earlier Mm -hmm. on the show. Hey, Paul, thanks for joining us on the program. Thanks, guys. Has the kid got and his people? Has he got a case? Can they? Should they be appealing this fight? And, and if you say yes, what chance have they got of it being upheld? Oh, they'll appeal, but uh, nothing will be done. They'll just say the referee was trying to ensure the health and safety of the other fighter, the Mexican Navarro. Uh, but clearly, you know, it, it was one of the worst cases of the fighter spitting out the mouthpiece on purpose to get extra time. And you know, and he did it, and the referee, you know, could have penalised the point. I think that would have been fair. Uh, because you, know, you can't really send him back out to fight these days without the mouth guard. So by the time they did that, I think there was 27 seconds that was counted from the time he hit the canvas until the fight started again. So look, it's one of those things in boxing. It's one of the controversies, but I don't know if there's much way around it, except, as I said, the referee should have taken a point off, which would have basically been another knockdown for Wilson if it went to the cards. Yeah, uh, Paul, good afternoon. It's Andrew Gaze here. And I get what you're saying, but... Is there what is the answer to this? Because it seems it's it's always going to be difficult for uh, an umpire to referee. a referee to understand. Well, was the, did the mouth come out mouth guard come out intentionally or not intentionally? It's very difficult. Is there a, is there an answer to this problem? Well, I could tell watching on Fox Sports live in in my home in Sydney there was clearly a, a spit of the mouth guard out. Mm. But again, it's, it's a judgment call. You know, it's like in basketball, you expect your referees to make judgment calls in AFL, in rugby league. And no matter what the referee does, there's going to be criticism. 
um, you know, ultimately Liam Wilson, regardless of that, needed to go out and win the fight. You know, there was only a few seconds, of the, the, there was the end of the round, but in round five, he needed to go out and, and hurt him again and make the referee stop the fight. You know, take take it out of the hands of the referee, take it out of the hands of the other, other fighter. And look, Navarati's a three-division world champion now. That was the first time he's ever been knocked down. So Wilson should be proud. He didn't lose to a nobody. You know, he's one of the best guys around in that division. Uh, moving up in weight. So it was a very credible performance, but unfortunately, he didn't get the win. Mm. Hey, Paul, was there a cloud hanging over this fight before fight night, given the controversy around the weigh-in? Yeah, well, there was something about the scales. They've got video of one of the WBO officials going to the scales twice before they got on, and uh, Wilson claims that he weighed in at 126, and then he weighed 128 a few minutes later, Um, the suggestion being that Navarrete was heavier. You know, you've got to get on the scales and test them and take photos if you want to do something, you know, as far as providing proof and evidence. But, again, you know, Navarati's the home fighter out there. He's what they call the house fighter. So, you know, it's, it's highly unusual that they're going to do something uh, about that. And they can protest all they want. But, you know, you've got an Aussie kid from the other side of the planet. And, you know, it's hard going over to the opposition territory. And to get these big fights, it's a, that's part of the challenges as well. He's come out and said, well, it's either him or I'm going to take on George Cambosis. They're the only fights he's interested in. What are the, what's the likelihood of a rematch? Look, it, it, the promoter, Bob Barron, the Hall of Fame promoter, it was his company, top rank. He was there at ringside. And look, if he doesn't get an Navarati rematch, um, then it certainly was so, so exciting over there. He was very aggressive, first man to knock him down. Um, I think there'd be possibly interest in matching him over there against one of the other Mexicans or one of the other Americans over there. So that's an opportunity. But, you know, Cambosis fight, yeah, why not? George hasn't got anything lined up at the moment. George needs to get back into it if he's going to continue his career. So I'd love to see that fight. I think that's a great idea. But I think there is a possibility you'll get an offer to fight over there. But this time he's got to make the most of it and win. Has he got it in him? We're talking to Paul Upman from Fox Sports News, Boxing Guru. Has he got it in him based on what you saw, Paul? Is Liam Wilson got the capacity to be a world champion? He's certainly got all the skills, and we saw the, the punching power. Look, it was only his 13th fight. You know, to me, uh, in, in the older days, you know, boxers didn't get 30, 40, you know, fights before they had a world title fight. Um, you know, so he's really green. I know we went and did some training over in, in, the, in Washington in the USA, but look, I, I saw him in the early days uh, of his career, first, second, third fight. He, he's, he's got an eye-catching style. He's got punching power. But I think he needed this big fight just to prove that he can match it with the big boys. Yeah. And I think he'll go back and say, yeah, you know what? I can do a little bit better next time. Hey, just before I let you go, I've got a bit of a question without notice. I don't know. I'm sure you're probably across the Johnny Lewis, Harry Garside yes. situation. Harry's been in here. We love the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's obviously world class. Uh, has decided to bypass a main event fight down here in Melbourne that Johnny Lewis wanted him to participate in because he's going on. I'm a celebrity. Get, get me, me out, out of here. here. Yeah. Obviously, some money to be made going on the TV show, and probably good for his profile outside of the boxing ring. Uh, what do you What do you make of this story? Look, pro fighters, money counts, and he's not making big money at this stage. So you know, maybe that's important to him. I, I went and saw him train a couple of times with Johnny Lewis down in Sydney, and I was so impressed with him. He is the real deal. He's he's got real good skills. So I'm not going to criticise him because you know, at this stage of his career, he's not getting paid big money. Um, he's only just starting out, and may, maybe the money on offer they're paying him is important to him. Um, so I'm not criticising, but he, he's really good. And when he, he, I don't think he's going to get away from boxing. This is not the end of it. 
So, yeah, look, I think he's certainly one to watch. But, you know, if Johnny wanted him to fight, you know, but money money talks, doesn't it? Is it a bit of an overreaction from Johnny Lewis, do you reckon? You know, Johnny Johnny wants total dedication. You know, if you, and if Johnny was sort of in retirement, he sort of came out of retirement to take on Harry. So I can yeah. imagine why Johnny would be very, very disappointed. And they did seem to have a good working relationship there. So... Uh, but in the end, like I said, I'm not going to criticise Harry because, you know, when it comes to money and financial circumstances, you know, only he knows what's best for him. But when you're with Johnny Lewis, hey, you've got to um, commit yourself 100% to boxing. You saw what he did with Costa. You saw what he did with Jeff Fennick. He'd take you all the way to the top. So, you know, that's for Harry and, and Johnny to work out. But, you know, Harry's got to be his own man and make decisions. But it, it seems a little bit strange, yeah. Mm. You're a good man, Paul. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Paul Upham talking boxing with us Mm. as he always does. Fox Sports News, The Nest, all sorts of stuff. Stay in touch with the game. Mm. Give him a follow everywhere. Well, he hasn't, Harry Garson, hasn't fought since May, and it seems like he's knocked back. I'm just reading between the lines here with this uh, story. seems like he's knocked back a few fights along the way, and that's probably the the, the straw that broke the camel's back, perhaps, that that reason why... He said, well, if you're going to go off and do your TV stuff, uh, it's Ooh. time to reevaluate the relationship, perhaps. Gay sides with Lewis. Well, I'm not. Gar no, side in the wrong. No, I'm not. Like Gar, he's been in here. He was a ripping Love the fella. Kid. The kid's a beauty. But it's a long time. But so is Johnny Lewis. Johnny Lewis is a superstar. He's one of the greats. Record speaks for itself. Not, absolutely. But it does, is that a long time, Andy, in the boxing game? I Last thought, May. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Last May. Well, how many fights should they have? Oh, one or two a year, proper nah, fight? more than that, Which I would they? have thought. That, oh, and when you're up and coming, like if you're... How many fights If, you, if you're a world champ, that might make sense. But if you're probably... Three? One every three months, maybe. Oh, okay. Four fights a year. Don't you reckon? Need a bit of recovery time, I would Four have thought. Four fights a year seems to be a lot. Does it? I don't know. Well, if anyone knows, if anyone's better in the boxing cape than him and me, he and I... Well, they are. Probably. I've got no idea. How many... Off the, off the temper text says, how many, how many pro fights should a fighter be having... On the way well, there up. There is a difference when no, you're yeah, on well, the way how many, up. How many fights a year mm. should Harry Garsight be having? Just send through. If you've got an answer, send it through. 0433981116. We'll read a few out on the other side of this. Hang on. This is what's going on there? What? A bit of the old music and a bit of the new. I don't know what's going on. I need to have a little bit of an email. needs to be sent up the up to the well, carpet trolls to find out what's going on there. Pump it up, Elvis Costello. But the bit before that. Was that that was at the end, but the bit before it, you weren't listening, was not was last year's music. Oh, my bad. Beric BMW. Make hear that. Car resolution. Start. Oh, that's new true. Year in yeah. new wheels from Beric oh, I like to use the flute. Flags. Anytime you hear the flute, it's a very soothing instrument. It's a magnificent instrument. And, and, and the key thing is, mm. with all of that, is that it's great to have Beric BMW on board and Blundstone, of course. Hey, uh, good news because we had our little secret sound. We've okay. got our own secret sound that we're doing every day and we got prizes to give away. It's the little whale noise. Here it is. Here it is. That's one. If you hear that, you first to call in wins a prize. And Tim. Who? Adam, in fact. <laughs> Adam called in and he picked up the prize. He Adam, did. now you've hung up on us. So if you don't call back in the next 30 minutes. What? We might do it again because he accidentally no, hung up. No, no, so no, no. We're not going to do it again. Adam heard the noise, so he's picked up a double pass to Phoenix versus the Wildcats this Thursday. Oh, massive. It's the first ever time, and this surprised me, that the Phoenix have had a home final at uh, High Sense Arena. Is that right? Because I know that was during the pandemic, wasn't it? Yeah, so I think that is correct. <laughs> Tickets are available at Ticketek. So a if you want it. 
If you want to get along, this is going to be a cracking game. It's all on the line. Lose and you're out in this one. This is five play six. I like to call it an elimination final. 100% that's what it is. You win and then you'll play the the loser of the three versus four game to get into the semifinals, which will be on Sunday. So this Thursday, (laughs) we've got two games going on. We've got now, two I, games. Yeah, 6.30 this game they're, starts. They're bugging this up, though. It's a pox. It's a pox the way they've done this. Why? Because the Perth game should have been the second game. It's 3 o'clock tip-off over in Perth. Well, Stupid. that's true. but It's that, ridiculous on a work day. But it's for television purposes. I don't understand. We'll, we'll just flip the two games. But they don't have – no. Flip the two games. Because there's daylight saving in Queensland and the other one's in Cairns, Andy. You haven't thought this through. Hang on. So the game starts in Cairns at what time? At – at, at their time, yeah, it'll seven be o'clock. seven thirty. Oh well, yeah. At our time, it'll be eight thirty. It would just start. So you're going to bugger. You, you bug it either way. Plus, the home team gets the advantage. You're not getting anyone to come on a Thursday at three o'clock in the afternoon, Andy. No, no, no I'm not saying before you open Keith, North. I'm and not South. saying play the game in Perth. No, I know. I'm not saying play the game. But in you Perth. can't play it here at. What are you? Ah, oh. I'm saying flip the two games so you play the Perth game second. Well, that means it'd have to start in in Queensland at five. What's wrong with that? It's too early. People Is got it? work on Is a Thursday. Oh, if you if you're talking about getting a five's better than three. Well, it is if that's if it's played here. No, you're right. No, no, but oh no, I think they've nailed this perfectly. No, I don't know whether it's maybe maybe there was it was there was an issue either way they went by the looks of it. But it seems it seems a shame. I mean, the Perth support base is gigantic. Obviously, mm-hmm. they'll um, tune in at three. Will they? I think so. So your kids at school, the, they'll um. What the are they going to Turn the, the telly on. Oh, my word, they let will. them out early. Well, I think that um, perhaps mm, they should. What's it six thirty here? So that's three thirty there. They're out of school. You watch the first fifteen men on the on the dog and bone, and then you get home. And oh, yes, yeah, right. So you, of course you do. Kid, this, the, the teacher would be pretty happy with that. So here's my rocks. This is my mm. ultimate rocks today. one three hundred seven three six seven three six Rocks, mm. pox, Monday. You know how it works. Got heaps of stuff to give away. Heaps of 18 holes of golf, Signet Boost Power Banks, Summer Festival at the Valley, La Cabra Voucher. Got all this to give away. There's all this stuff to give away, Keith. Here, haven't you got it there? You're the prize master. I am. They're at all. I think they're out. So they ours to give away, Benny? Yeah, they are. Okay. Here's mine. Mm. Sport in Australia. Love we, it. I know this is no surprise to anyone, right? Mm-hmm. But we do sport better than anyone else in the world. I think so. On the weekend, and and it doesn't need to be the big ticket stuff. It doesn't need to no. be. It doesn't need to be bells and whistles and big. T- we t- we have just got a great grip. Yep. On what what it takes to make stuff work. Now there were a couple of big ticket items on the weekend. My word. The BBL Grand Final over in Perth on Saturday night. Brilliant. Was an absolute barn burner. Mm-hmm. Oh, an absolute barn burner. Magnificent mm-hmm. game of cricket. Well done. Uh, the BBL's back. It, it, it's going to be even better next year with mm. a with a shortened season. That game in well, front of 54,000 people. As long as they can get the the reason it was back this year is because they had a bit more talent come in, albeit some of it only here temporarily. So whether it's a shortened season or not, I think the shortened season does make it more important. But if you need the, the, the some of the top line players, well, that's the point, mate. You have got more chance of getting them to commit for oh, the that's season that's if right. you're asking them to play short, less fewer games. Well, as long as they get those players here, well, you're always had them. They've always had them in the past. And then oh the, no, not last season. Last no, season because it was because the season was going too long. And even this season, you only had them for a short yeah, period. Yeah, because it went time. too long. Well, that's right. Now, as long as they can get them back, <laughs> so to that's my what I agree with point. you. Okay. Right, okay.
<laughs> it was a fantastic game of cricket. Yes. An absolute beauty. So mm. there was that. There was your game yesterday, and I want you to- The two that, games. We need, well, yeah, but I didn't, see the, I didn't see the first one. I only mm. saw the second one. Mm. second one was unbelievable drama. Unbe- with four <laughs> minutes to go, it's cue in the rack. You're going through to the play in Perth. Mm. Season over. Yes. Cut up. Move on. Get ready for the. And then lo and behold, they could not make a shot. Mm-hmm. They went absolutely ice cold. Oh, the other mob started knocking them down. That Vasily, he just started jacking it up mm-hmm. from everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Knocking it down left, right, and centre. And Bryce Cotton, I don't know what was going with him in that one game. Of, one of nineteen, I believe the final stat was. Was it? I thought it was two of twenty on your coverage. And when he, uh, when he said it? it was a piss poor game by me, it was very Australian of him. Can't get Australian citizens, but <laughs> can come with Australian vernacular. I want you to talk about that. He's, here is what he actually said uh, moments after the game. It feels good now, man. That was a pretty piss poor game by me. My teammates did a great job picking me up, and that's what you know playoff basketball is about. We won by 12, but it felt like a one point win. It came down to the final final play, but uh, we we gritted it out. It's magnificent is stuff. That, is that that to me? It sounds very Australian type vernacular. Is well, that true? Well, when you were playing the San Antonio Spurs or the Seton Hall Pirates, did many of your American or international teammates use that phrase? I can't recall. It, I, don't <laughs> I don't believe. Be honest, but I don't believe that David know. Robinson was running around going as a piss poor performance no, he, today. I was with him for good nine months or whatever it was. Never once did he swear. Uh, swear not well, once. Well, he's, he's a. A very devout man, isn't he? That's right. He is. Mm. Uh, so, so that was outstanding. One and of then, nineteen, Andy. The official stats. Well, you're, you need to have a word to your uh, graphics team. They make a blue, do they? Mate, it will said two of twenty on the stat sheet mm. at the bottom. Anyway, I've done one, one of nineteen, two of twenty. Well, he how, had a, he had a piss poor day in his own right. words. So, well, and the, the and the yeah. other one, just before you get yes. dive deeper, and then we get back to a few more calls. Yep. Golf Australia, the WPGA, and the PGA of Australia. Have Nick Dasty is the man who's I think Nick Dasty is the man who sort of pulled this together, the director of tournament golf here in Australia. This TPS series that has started here in Australia, where the men and women are playing against one another on the same course at the same time. It'd be nice if you turned your phone off oh, yeah, at some stone. Well, I can. Are you reading it? I can hear it ringing in the background. No, I'm trying to get the stats uh, off the uh, phone, <laughs> Keith. <laughs> What's ringing then? What your phone nothing's was ringing. ringing. Oh, it might be my watch. I think it, was, oh, it might Sorry. have been your watch. Um, this TPS concept. Uh, another one up in Murray River, Sarah Jane Smith wins by mm-hmm. five, two in a row now where women have beaten the men. They've got this right. They've got it right, not only in terms of measuring the dimensions of the course so that the men and the it women can compete. It. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But they're taking it out to regions. Mm-hmm. But two weeks ago down at Rosebud, fantastic turnout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Murray up at the Cobra and Baruga, fantastic local support. Mm. They're taking very high-quality grassroots level golf, yep. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They're taking that to hungry regions who have mm-hmm. got fantastic facilities. And this concept is working. It is outstanding, mm. well, outstanding to watch. You're spot on. And I think it's because we're starved of that elite golf. You compare that, and I thought it was a, a very star-started field because they had a lot of the live players. The Asian tournament, I can't remember the yeah, name of it. In that um, was on, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, oh, yeah, but it was on the Asian yeah, tour. Asian tour, yeah. But uh, watching that game... I don't know whether there was a lockout or there didn't appear to be any fans. There was none. No with, one. with a high-quality field. No lockout. High quality. No lockout. And yet you've got this in those regional areas on spectacular courses. 
And the people are coming out because they want to see. They want to see the great golfers. They want to see them do their thing. So I know positivity doesn't get clickbait, Ron. I know, I know one, no one clicks on a bit of good news because you're like, like, oh, that's bad not news. true. That's no, true. That's a, world, well, that's a world in which we live. Not as many. You've got to have a hot take and you've got to be miserable. And then people will no. click on that. You write that no, up and people will click on fair, it. Andy. But, but the, the three, the BBL, the NBL, and golf in the TPS series yes. in Australia, tick, tick, tick. 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 Outstanding stuff. Mm. Well and under the lot of you. Well, Andy, we're getting back to the basketball because you've, a lot of people on the line. You've sp- just quickly, you've yeah. spoken about this throughout the course of the the, uh, the last few years, and I've spoken about it as well. How you watch an NBA game and they play out the last twenty seconds and they just hold the ball and oh, the game's me over. Well, here in Australia, you see a little bit of that. But what we saw last night should eliminate anyone for the rest of their lives because of the system we play here in Australia, not playing out a game. It came down to one basket. It came down to one it basket. Did. It and did. If, you, if you go back to all those games throughout the course of the season, maybe Melbourne United, when they had that 20-point win, they said, oh, we'll just play it out. Dribble at midcourt. They had to scored another basket. They might have got in. So that was, and if you're a Melbourne United fan watching that game, and you're seeing, yeah, speak it, brother. You, 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 you're maybe not thinking about that. Perhaps not well, because you should be the disappointment of it all. But it's a, just another endorsement to say those that get a little bit, oh well, it's against the morality of a contest. It's disrespecting your opponent. Well, disrespect your opponent. The (laughs) Melbourne United is sitting at home, mate, perhaps if you went back and looked at it because of a bucket here or a bucket there. so Hopefully they're feeling good about themselves for for dribbling out time. That's right. Hope you're feeling good about yourself. So that's an issue. Jack it up at the end. Make as many points as you can because you never know. It might count. So, but I, I do have great sympathy for the Melbourne United fans because they were there. They got it back to seven with about a minute and a half to go. Or might have been eight. Got it back to eight. Eight. Eight points. Then Corey eight. Webster with a little one. And then the foul that they did on Brady Manic for the two free throws. They'd be watching that. And then they had a crack at it. DJ Vasiljevic one th- had a three-pointer. If, they, if that goes in with a two seconds to go, Melbourne United are in the finals. I will say this. You learn something about a team's uh, preference of who they like and who they don't like. Okay. Because the Sydney Kings were well within their rights. They could have just said, oh, well, we're done here. We're going to keep – so be it. They desperately tried to play out that last minute. The game was lost, but they were playing it out that meant trying to eliminate the Perth Wildcats. For whatever reason, they would have much rather the Melbourne United. Do you think that that, that was in the front of their mind? Hundred percent. Wow. Hundred percent. That's interesting. Now, because you don't play like if the game's over, you go. They're corner timeout. They're, they're twelve down with four seconds to go. They're corner timeout to draw up a play to score. Now, if you don't care, ah, oh, let them play it out. Yeah, if it goes in, it goes in. Yeah, Who yeah, cares? Yeah. So it was. They clearly wanted, did not want the Perth Wildcats to be. In the finals. Mm. Well, they're in. They're in. Tim's uh, Tim's having a blast in Doreen right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun s- suburb, Andy. So, well, he's just having a good time. Oh, he's just having a good time. How are you, Tim? Oh, I'm good. It's great to hear you boys back again in 2023. 20, <clears throat> I'm glad the jokes haven't changed. <laughs> well, I don't expect it. No, thanks, Tim. <laughs> uh, we milk there. Well, Andy it's does. Gotta be- Oh, so I was just going to say, it's got to be a rocks for the NBL on the weekend. That was so good how the Sunday played out with those two games. Mm-hmm. But, Gazy, what I, I have to disagree with you saying about Sydney 
really desperate to keep Perth out because there's a couple of weird things Sydney did in that last 30 seconds. And I'll put it out there, I'm not a Melbourne United right. person, I'm a Phoenix person. But the glove of foul was really odd. They didn't need to do that. Mm. And then they tried to trap Perth in the full court to try and get a steal, which they didn't need to do if they were trying to protect that lead, which resulted in the foul and the free throws. Even DJ's two threes, they took high-pressure threes when they could have gone to the rim. So I'm not convinced it's as cut and dry that they did want Perth mm. out and Melbourne United in. Ooh, I like but it. Anyway, like you're it. the expert, and I'm happy to leave that with you. No, I, I, I'm I love not, that call. I, can, I hear what you're saying, but I think they were doing it because they were desperate to try and get that margin. Clearly they were 20, team, yeah. I think they got 22 down, and they fought all the way back to get it back to eight. Mm. Now, if you're, if you're not concerned, that's – Unusual to come back in a game that's a dead rubber for them and to still come back from that. But we we can agree to disagree, and that's what I think made it so beautiful. Beautifully Tim, done, Tim, and beautifully some... done, Gazy. Was uh, there another? No, uh... no, Al's in Airport West. Okay. He's jumped on the uh, line, and he's got a rocks or a pox All for right. us. What do you got, Al? Good afternoon, gents. Great to hear your voices again. Good afternoon, yeah, yeah, Al. So, uh, look, last week, uh, Stonworth, I know the NBL was... Uh, Absolutely awesome of the weekend, but I'll change it up. Yep. Um, Rocks, how good is uh, Liverpool's form for the start of this uh, 2023, uh, Andy? I'm sure you'll you'll be enjoying that. Barry for Celtic now, Al. It's all uh, Aaron in Moore the, and Ange um, Postacoglu. Scott, oh. It's where yeah. we're, our attention's turned. We only uh, like winners here. <laughs> and and uh, my pox is uh, Kyrie Irving's loyalty or lack thereof. Um, him just jumping ship when things don't go his way and he wants to have a sook and blah, 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 <laughs> get me out of here. You know, now, you know, I'm actually glad that uh, you know, don't really know the situation, but if he tried to get to the LA Lakers and um, Brooklyn sent, shipped him off to Dallas, well, yeah, there's, um, you know, Bit of uh, karma for, for Kyrie if he was mm. hoping to go play with LeBron, but uh, mm. not sure how it's going to work with uh, Luca. And gents, just quickly, I think I might be seeing you in about four weeks' time at uh, King Island. Oh, uh, lovely! I believe you guys are yes. Uh, you're going to be, be down there, there yeah. Well, I won the um, caller of the the week um, last year. Bring your, yes, oh, like, bring your A game out. To, uh, win the, um, the competition. Bring your A game, my friend. Mm. That'll test every fibre of your golf ability hey, down hey, there, and, and it is yeah. a magnificent facility. All of them are mm. magnificent facilities down there. Just on Kyrie, Andy. You're going to get to a break. Can uh, Dr. I explain Yes, something? you can. Yep. I will say this, that he, I think it had more to do with the Brooklyn Nets unwilling to provide the level of extension that he was looking for is the reason he asked for a trade. So loyalty, uh, I'm not sure that's the fair way to describe it because okay, it was enough. more about him. Okay, if you pay me, I'll stay. But if you're not going to pay me, well, ta-da, I'm out. Interesting. You're with me? 20 minutes past four. I like the fact that you are going head-to-head with our callers today. This is interesting. Oh, no, I'm just trying to – Because you are generally lockstep in whatever they say. No, ours right, but – and, and mm. I'm not Kyrie sure. has done some – and said some unusual things. We're going to talk to Dr. Andrew Garnham, sports uh, medico, about this situation that can, uh, confronts Christian Salem, not for the first time, this thyroid concern on the other side of the break. There you go. It's a bit better. 26 past four. Great to have you with us this Monday afternoon. We're here for Berwick BMW and Blunston, of course. 
Uh, Dr. Andrew Garnham is a well, a man you know very, very well. One of Australia's leading sports physicians, of course. Worked mm. for the Melbourne Tigers. He'll be a bit flat after what took place over in Perth yesterday, won't he? I'd say be bitterly disappointed. Given the fact that he's now the uh, head doctor at the Melbourne no, United organisation. But he's going to join us to talk about something broad. We understand, Doc, and thanks for joining us on the program. It's, it's great to have you with us. We understand you haven't worked with Christian Salem, but... This thyroid issue is revisited him for at least the third time that we know about, and we're not sure what impact it's going to have on him now, but we know it's been pretty dramatic in the first two instalments of it visiting upon him. Why is the thyroid such a big deal for elite-level sports people? Okay, well, so thanks, Andy. Um, and, look, thyroid's an important thing for all of us, um, but... Uh, for your average person who's not doing, you know, high-intensity exercise, they can normally, to a degree, manage with sort of fluctuations in, in what goes on with regulating their body metabolism. But uh, for someone doing high-level sport, um, those fluctuations are magnified and that's where we run into trouble. So probably the easy way is to think about the thyroid as acting a bit like a thermostat. You know, we all think about air conditioners in summer mm. and it's like the thermostat is not working. And so it's as if the fan comes on at the wrong time and then comes on at the wrong speed. Yeah. So um, it means that, you know, uh, when he's sort of running around at what, say, let's say, should be a moderate effort, all of a sudden the thing's cranking up at full pace and uh, his body's working way, way too hard for the effort that he should be putting in. And, of course, that's, that's just not sustainable, um, you know, playing the sport yeah. that he needs to do. Hey, Doc, uh, how difficult is it to treat? Is this something yeah. that you'd normally think could be managed? Um, well, I think we, you know, we know over over the nine years that he's had this problem that it has been, you know, managed successfully. That mm. he's obviously played lots of good football over that time, and they've been able to keep it under control. But thyroid gland problems can be produced by a variety of things, and and often it's the body's own immune system actually attacking the thyroid gland and and causing it to uh, to go out of regulation. And you know, we. We don't know what the triggers for those things are always, but we do know that they will sometimes follow this cyclical pattern. So I guess the first thing is, you know, the, the medical staff at Melbourne know what's worked before, so they'll, they'll go down that path. And then it's the, it's the real balancing act to get it working, you know, just in that sweet spot um, so that it's not going too fast, not going too slow. You know, we've got to keep it at that Goldilocks level. Yeah. Um, and that's particularly the case, you know, early part of the season, pre-season, where we've got some very hot weather. And that's um, because it's the overheating um, is, the, is the big issue. In the cold weather, he might be feeling good. He might have, you know, almost an advantage over his teammates because he warms up quicker. Uh, but in the hot weather, it's, it's potentially very dangerous to him. And, and what would be your, your estimate on a recovery from this? Does it take a while? to find that sweet spot? Well, it, it does. And, and, you know, and of course, we're looking at sort of, you know, change of seasons, change of training load, those sorts of things. So it's a matter of, um, you know, being absolutely sure he can tolerate these things because um, obviously it, it's risky for Christian and, um, and it's not, you know, in the interest of the team uh, if he's not able to go out there and know that he's able to sort of give a, a full and consistent performance. So, he'll, you know, he needs to sort of get the medication balanced and, um, and then be able to perform consistently to the point where he can say, yeah, look, he feels confident that he can get out and, um, and give his best every time. Speaking of Dr. Andrew Garn, sports medico, hey, doc, doc, typically, how do you treat somebody who plays at this level for, for, you know, for the rank and file, I imagine, you know, there's a whole range, of, but, but to get somebody who needs to perform at an elite level in a high stress environment like Salem, 
does. How do you treat this? Well, that's the that's that's the real challenge. There's you know it depends on the exact cause, and there's a variety of things. And and doubtless the uh, the medicos at Melbourne will be doing a, a range of blood tests and scans to try and pin down exactly what's doing it. That helps to inform us as to um, what's the best treatment pathway. Sometimes there are simple medications that can sort of dial it down. Uh, sometimes it needs some more potent medication to basically knock out some of the cells. And sometimes there can be a, a group of cells that are persistently working abnormally. And um, it's uh, and in that situation, they sometimes need to remove part of the thyroid. And mm. then then again, it's a bit more balancing. Sometimes it's take away a little bit, add a little bit. They can you know give a little bit of thyroid hormone as a supplement. That's quite legal to do that yeah. um, from a you know um, a sports drug sort of perspective. Uh, so uh, you know there's certainly multiple things that can be done to regulate it but again it's just finding that balance and um, uh, it's under those high loads is the uh, the real difficulty. Doc how, how serious is is this something well it's hard because he's competing at an elite level but and that's really the issue to get him back on the park but is, it, is there potentially serious consequences if you don't get this right? Uh, look if it um, Put it this way, if, if he ploughed on with it untreated, um, you know, significant problems with body overheating, um, it, uh, it can affect um, uh, normal bone cells and that sort of thing. So place him at more risk of uh, stress fractures and the like, but those things will be very closely monitored. So I'm not, I'm not fearful in that regard. Um, it's more just getting the balance. And uh, I think the great likelihood is um, it will be a situation like we've been through before um, that um, it takes, you know, it may take several months to get it completely right. Mm. Uh, but once they're on top of that, he should be good. And hopefully it's then kept in check for, you know, quite a decent period of time. So whilst it's a, um, a problem that we call sort of interfering with his career, hopefully not unduly career threatening. Well, let's hope they can get him back to where he's been. Certainly, you know, pr- prior to this, the setback mm. that he had last year, not thyroid related, of course, but the 2021 season, he showed exactly what sort of player he can be when everything's humming and in all the right places. So we'll we'll wish him the very best. Hey, just quickly before we let you go, there was the big talk last week in sports medical circles, you know, the revelation that Novak Djokovic had played the Australian Open with that three-centimetre hamstring tear. And we understand it depends where the tear is and all the rest of it. But when you heard that for the first time, did your uh, eyebrows raise? Um, Look, to a degree. But, um, look, it's extraordinary sometimes what we see on MRI scans. And, you know, there are certainly um, a list of athletes. uh, You know, we had the Australian pole vaulter who... um, uh, who won a world championship after an adductor that was, you know, apparently split in two and um, oh. came out and obviously performed at the very best level. So sometimes we'll see these these longitudinal splits in these structures where, you know, we put the numbers out there and it, it looks really big and, um, and uh, threatening. Uh, but in fact, it's not really disturbing the structural integrity. It's a split rather than something coming apart end to end. And that's, you know, that's where the scans tell us about the ones that are more risk and those that are lower risk. And, um, you know, let's say in the interests of hyperbole, obviously we've talked up the bigger number, um, but it may not have um, may, may not have actually interfered with his function to all that greater degree, which certainly would appear that it didn't. Hey, absolutely. Doc, just to, just to clarify, to get it from an expert, a scientist, uh, someone who's absolutely at the peak of the, their field too, uh, the issue with the thyroid, uh, no evidence 
relationship or correlation to anything that's got to do with the vaccine, is there? Just uh, clear it up for a couple of hours. No, uh, no, absolutely. No. And, and look, and, and oh, the most no. compelling factor is, of course, that um, uh, this condition arose, um, in his case, w- well before we'd ever heard of coronavirus. Oh, yes. That won't stop some people out there putting two and two together, Doc. You know what it's like out there. You... Just wanted to have it from the record. Uh, so people out there sending that in. They're, they're, no, no. they're, blaming, the, they're um, blaming the vaccine, aren't they? I'm not, no, no, so, no. Okay, no right. Let's move on. No, 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 no. I think we're happy not to go there. Yes. Hey, uh, Doctor, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's... Uh, it's a story that, you know, given the history that Salem's got with this, it's one that will be treated with a great deal of caution. But let's hope, um, let's hope that they can find a, a really positive outcome and he gets back on the park really soon. Thanks for joining us. No, I think they can. No pleasure. All the best, guys. Thank Good you. On you. Thanks, Dr. Doc. Andrew Garnham, who knows Andrew Gaze very, very well. Seriously? He's a super. Seriously? Oh, just. Oh, God damn it. Just. Oh, <laughs> God. It's 25 to 5. They want to hear from an expert. Oh, it's just lovely to have you with us. Not Bobby Seeger. It is Bob Seeger. Oh, hey, you know we were talking Wait, about GWS last week, mm-hmm. uh, separating brown and white rice as part of a pre-season oh, team yes. building. Did you see what else they got up to on their camp? Uh, you did send it to me, but they're eating silkworms, mm. silkworm embryos. Now, that's true. Now, it does seem very odd. So there's lining up. You sit there and you with your teammates looking on. Well, it's got to be, you've got a be... plate full of uh, silkworm, like, eggs or something or other. Andy, there's context. And you've got to eat them all. There's, like, 20 of them in a plate. Look at them. There they are. you oh, got to eat those. Show me. you got to eat those. I understand. And the 11-minute mark of the third quarter, when Richmond are coming at them up at Giant Stadium, those silkworms that those boys have eaten and all wanted to throw up as a result, Made them gag and they felt. Well, you cool. don't know that. That will be you when they dig deep and they'll say, they'll look at one another as the ball comes back to the middle of the ring and they'll go, hey, boys, you're jumping. Remember the silkworms. And you jump. <laughs> remember the silkworms. <laughs> you're jumping ahead here because you don't know what the context around it was. So you reckon it's good to It seems highly unusual, but I think. Eating silkworms. Well, I'm open minded to know that sometimes things can be taken out of context and maybe that was related to some <laughs> other program that was involved <laughs> in this if, as an explanation as to why they were doing it. Okay. Maybe. Right. Huh? But it does seem odd. It does. We're going to get to a break in a moment. you got any rocks pops Just, that you want to throw at us? Oh, my word. And Jason Berendorf's going to join us very, very shortly well, after the break. That, that's right. One oh, of the good um, team they are. One of the poxes that are out there in the NRL is, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Latrell Mitchell and Jack, Jack uh, Winton. Is this where they you got to? They were in a pub. They're mates. They're at. Uh, I think it was a thirtieth. It might have been, and they were at that. They, you know, they just get a, the boys are going to be. They're, they're being lads, and bit of a wrestle. What they do? Bit of a wrestle out what the did front. They do? Well, they were wrestling. Uh-huh. So the police were called. Now, in again, there have been some witnesses that said that perhaps the, the police were a little overzealous. But Latrell Spree, uh, Latrell Spree, well, how am I going? <laughs> Latrell <laughs> Mitchell, Mitchell yeah. he was on down and the police had him because he was res- he ended up getting charged for res- resisting arrest. Oh. Uh, but he was on there and he's had that sh- those shoulder problems and he was yelling, ah, oh, me shoulder, me shoulder, me shoulder. Now, it's a pox that this, again, when you think of the NRL in any sport during the off-season, when you're this close to the season, season mm. starting up that you get involved in these types of little altercations. Now, as sure it might have been a friendly wrestle, but just perhaps don't wrestle. <laughs> don't wrestle out in the streets. It's a good idea. I that, thought, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it's asking too much, but, you know, we saw the Melbourne boys last year at Entrecote. They got into a bit of yeah, a so scuffle, a, and, yeah, it happens, you know, as you said. 
Boys will be boys. It's 20 minutes to five. Well, I've done it again, the first Scorchers. Five times now in 12 yeah, versions of the Big Bash League. They've been the champion team. They've been uh, run into second place on a handful of occasions as well. They are a mighty organisation. And the big left armour who's had his back issues on the way through has been right in the middle of so much of the success that this team's had. And he was in the middle of it again on Saturday night. Jason Berendorf's been good enough to join us on the show. Mate, congratulations. Yes. How are the celebrations going? Thank you, boys. Yeah, the celebrations have been been long and been good. Um, yeah, we've worked really hard. Uh, we had a great season and, yeah, we celebrated accordingly. So uh, one of our values is to celebrate success. Well, Beautiful. you've had uh, plenty of opportunities to uh, relive it and go through it again because of the success of the organisation. And, and what is it about the Perth Scorchers? Uh, we all know that you need talent to win. But the consistency that you guys have been able to do since this all started has been remarkable. Is there, is there a, something you point put your finger on as to why? Yeah, well, the big thing for us is that we've got a, a great environment where everyone who comes in uh, feels welcomed, feels that they're able to express themselves and play the way that they naturally play. Um, so that's a huge part of it. So we've built that up over a long period of time. And, um, and something else for us is we love playing each other um, so we're a really close group and to play for each other to play for the Scorchers means a lot and for us in particular this year again to play in front of our hometown has been absolutely amazing and that gives us such a boost as well. Well the fans the fans, 54,000 people turned up it on was, Saturday night. It was an unbelievable atmosphere it seemed like. Does, does that do you feel it when you're out there or are you too focused on what's uh, the job at hand? Uh, yeah there's certain times when you definitely hear it and you feel it as well like the energy in that place and um, we're talking about it actually in the warm-up. Um, we talked about soaking it in and actually enjoying it and make sure you take a moment every now and then just to take it in and the hum around the ground. So some of us have played in a few different places throughout the world and some of the big stadiums when there's big crowds, there's just a general hum. So the whole stadium's buzzing the whole time and, and that's what it was like the other night. And then when things happened, wickets, sixes, etc. Felt like they were trying to blow the stadium roof off. And it, was, yeah, it was unbelievable. Was it? it was really, really cool. So when Inglis and Turner were knocked out, they looked like they were batting you to victory. Then as these games do, Jason, you've seen it a hundred times, they take a turn when it's least expected. They both get knocked over. Suddenly it's the accountant who plays a bit of part-time cricket for you blokes <laughs> and, and the teenager out in the middle of the ground. When you look back at this game, the Hobson-Connolly um, partnership to get you over the line – how special is that going to go down in Scorchers history? That's right up there. Yeah, it's really special. Um, as you said, yeah, the, the funny, some of the memes that have come out about Hobbo being the uh, the EY senior accountant on LinkedIn <laughs> who's just snapped him for four and six, <laughs> right. uh, things like that, mate. It's, it's brilliant. Um, and that's something that we've reflected on in the last sort of 48 hours is the amazing role that those guys played in that time. It was obviously a clutch period as well. Um, but so many other contributions throughout the day, like, um, the heat batted really well. We were able to sort of claw that back a little bit, restrict them to, to 170. They could have got plenty more. Um, and then, yeah, as AT for the last oh, forever, really, but this season he's been outstanding as well. We were able to get another clutch 50 for us. Um, yeah, Homo still jokes about he ran him out now so that Coops could come in and finish it off. But, um, yeah, it's, it's all good uh, in the end. But, mate, there was... Um, yeah, it was an amazing performance, that's for sure. I'm glad you mentioned the bowl because I would have forgotten who, what you did in the power surge, you know, the, the your two bowlers and, and the rest of the group, what you're able to do to not let Brisbane get off the hook at that stage when the game could have gone either way. Uh, is that as good a power surge bowling 
fielding team performances you've seen in the tournament so far, or, well, this year? Well, that's something we put a lot of pride in, that the power surge for us, both with the bat and the ball, is a chance for us to take the game on. Mm. Um, so with the ball, we look to take wickets all the time. Um, that's obviously a given in the game, but in particular in that surge, we go, well, if we can take a wicket, which seems to happen quite a lot, and suddenly you've got a new batter to bolt, and it's really hard to sort of hit the ball for six from ball one. So that's a massive advantage that we take that on and sort of actually hit the accelerator a bit more as opposed to going the other way. Um, and same with the batting. So, yeah, we're, we're really taking that positive approach and it's worked really well for us. And in team sport, you knew, normally equate success with the camaraderie you have and the group that you come together. You understand little everyone's little idiosyncrasies, all that. But when you look at what's happened to your team this year, whether it's the internationals coming and going, whether it's the uh, uh, injuries, you've got the call-ups to the Australian team. In fact, as I, I read an article the other day, they said that something like nine of potentially your best 11 weren't there. Uh, is that just good management, good fortune, the nature of the game, the beast that you're playing? How can you have nine of your best 11 not there and still get another win? Yeah, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Um, and that's partly the nature of the way the game goes these days in terms of um, there's so many different tournaments and leagues playing at the same time, so guys are coming in and out. But we base the core group around, hopefully, guys that will be available for the majority of the tournament. Um, but you're right, then we've thrown a few curveballs, a fair bit of adversity again this year. Like We didn't actually start the tournament with any of the internationals that we signed up in the draft for mm. various reasons. Um, but again, it's something that yeah, the guys behind the scenes, the coaching staff, everyone there works really hard to find the best possible options and continuing to back our local talent. Like you saw first and foremost last night, like Nick Hobson, Cooper Connolly, two Perth guys getting the job done at the end of the day for us. And that's what makes it so special is, yeah, you said as, as well, Gazy, like mm. the camaraderie between the group. Um, we love playing for each other uh, and that comes through, I think. Yeah, and when next season we see that there's going to be a shortening of the season, is that... It's been great this season, and it's one of those when you think, well, maybe the end of it, have they done the right thing? Are you an advocate for what they're doing next season with the shortening of the um, the competition and the amount of games you're going, going to play? Yeah, well, that's something. It's, it's, a, it's a tough one because you're right. We have been sort of talking about it shortening because it's dragging on in terms of getting out of school holidays, which is a huge, huge thing. Last night, like, I don't think the Big Bash could have asked for anything more mm. to have 54,000 people in there to have a game that literally goes down to the last over so I guess exciting for everyone watching both at the stadium and at home um, yeah it's hard to change things but yeah the way it's going I think as well to fit in for the Big Bash in particular to stay at the top of um, some T20 competitions we need to make sure that we're fitting in with the other schedules in the in the world as well to make sure that we have the best possible players, both international and domestic, playing in our competition because that's what people want to see. They want to see all the big-name players playing to make the competition as best as it possibly can be. Uh, mate, it's, if, if, you, if you wanted to use Saturday night and the conclusion of the tournament as a reason to extend the tournament, you could have sold anything after that game the other night. It, it had us in the palm of our hands as spectators and... It was as good a game of T20 cricket as you'd wish to see. It was super competitive from the word go. There were ebbs and flows 
all the way throughout. And yet somehow at the end of it all, Jason, your team finds a way to have its nose in front. It's uh, got a very good habit of doing that. You've had another outstanding tournament yourself. Congratulations. Enjoy the celebrations as they no doubt continue. And we appreciate you joining us on the show. No worries, boys. Thank you so much. Jason Berendorf, who's... Part of that team, they you're right, mm. Gazy. They there's a there's a nucleus Something of West, West mm. Australians that they don't go anywhere else. They mm. might lose a few internationals here and there, but that West Australian group, they have got an incredible way of keeping their contracted state players playing for the Perth well, Scorchers. Are they manipulating the system a little bit? Oh, they're uh, they're uh, using the system. Mm. They're using the system very, very well. Mm. Nothing, not illegally. No, not nothing at all. Untoward. No, sir. No, sir. Just, um... That'll be the team to beat again next year. Mm. I don't know whether I'm in 2022 or 2023 at the moment. Mm. The way this music's chopping and changing all over the place. Rod, this is your responsibility. Mm. You need to do something about this. Um, Matty Hill's about to join us. Right. Uh, the All-Star Mile. I think the uh, the voting might kick off today, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Matt will tell us uh, if that's not right in a moment. Just quickly, Poo Wong going to Poo Right. Mm-hmm. Are there any other names of towns that probably could do with a bit of a reworking, according People, to our audience? Well, this is coming off our audience. Mm. Brad, he wants to, suggestions on what could Cockburn re- rename well, it's Coburn. Is it? It's Coburn is how you pronounce it. He spelled it. Oh, I know. Well, that's how it's spelt. Oh, it's a silent okay. CK, though. Oh, okay. I wasn't aware of that. Okay. Uh, now I don't know if this is a joke. Is there such a that that one? Is that is that a real place? Titty Bong. Yeah, yeah Titty Bong's a town. Yeah, that's one that someone's looking for a new name for. Well, it's the perfect name. Eight seven seven thinks that Geelong can change their huh. name to Premier Town. Okay. okay. Yeah. Nana Goon. Can we come up with something to replace sure. Nana Goon? Somebody out there has got something clever. And uh, Molesworth. Someone <laughs> wants to um, change the name for that. Okay. <laughs> Matt Hill, of course, the voice of... I actually of, think that should be a legitimate long-term change, not for a week. The voice of uh, thoroughbred racing here in Australia, not just Victoria. Horrible connotation. Australia. Mm. Of course, part of the AFL Nation team and a very highly valued member he is of that. has been good enough to join us. Matty, thanks for joining us on the program. Am I right in saying the all-star mile voting has kicked off? Is, is that right? You're absolutely spot on, Andy. And hi, Gazy. Yes, no, the uh, the All-Star mm. Mile voting's kicked off today. Uh, it kicked off at uh, at a function in Fed Square at about 12.30. You can get online, allstarmile.com.au, and you can uh, you can vote for your favourite racehorse to get into the field for the race uh, on March 18 to be run at the Valley. And it's hard to believe it's the fifth renewal. I remember sitting in a room with a few media people, administrators, participants, and we're all... There was a big... Um, think tank about six years ago and there were poster notes up on the wall and what can we create and uh, uh, this race has been created in such a unique event because the field is voted by the public okay. um, it's the people's race in a way so it's fantastic it is it's an interesting concept what is there has there been a committee that that provides like it is with all-star games in the states whether it's the basketball footy or baseball that they get a committee together or and, and then they narrow the field down for people to choose from. Do there, has there been any narrowing down there, or is this completely open <laughs> to every horse? No, well, this is the thing. We've had some very interesting horses make the field because of large syndicates, and they've got together, and they've uh, put in all the votes. And so there is that element of the battler can get into the race uh, as well. And then there's wild cards given out as we get closer to the running of the race. 
um, and which which uh, certainly ensures that the all-star power is uh, is in the race as well. And it's actually been in the four renewals that have been run so far a, a high-quality race, a high-rating race, which uh, any racing person just thinks is is just mouth-watering. We had Zaki win it last year, won the Champion Stakes last year. The first ever running was Mystic Journey, the mighty mare from Tasmania winning it. So we've got some very popular horses going around at the moment, like Mr. Brightside, who's got many uh, very fond connection to, I'm sure we'll make sure he makes the field. I'm Thunderstruck, who we know runs such a beauty in the Cox Plate behind Animo. He'll certainly get there. And there's just a lot of horses. Alligator Blood's another one who's back in track work. They've trialled around Mooney Valley this morning, I believe. So there's plenty of great horse flesh out there that'll make the race on March 18. And the other unique part of it is that it changes track every year. There's not any other race uh, on the Australian calendar like it where we ran the race at Flemington last year to run at Mooney Valley this year. 19 days, four hours and 51 minutes left to get your votes in. And as I'm looking at it now, Matt Alligator Blood, Two to one, the next most supported horse in the early voting, and there'll be tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of votes cast for these animals by the time voting closes in a little under 20 days' time. Matt, how should these races be rated? In terms of group status, or perhaps I've missed something and it already has been allocated uh, awaiting, but you look at the horses that are potentially going to make the field, and, and it's a group one field. Sure. How yeah. should these races be rated? Well, it's a good question. I mean, it is a Group 1 field. Uh, we've, we've had those uh, for the All-Star Miles, the, the four of them that we've had so far. For the layman, the, the issue is we can't call these races Group 1s, Group 2s, because uh, they're technically not open-graded races because there's public voting. Uh, it's a little bit like the race called the Magic Millions that was run on mm. the Gold Coast a couple of weeks ago because it's based around horses that were bought at a particular sale. It's not open to everybody, so we can't claim them as listed or group races. But the, we know for a fact that just having a look at the races that are rated by the first two horses that cross the line every year, the All-Star Mile is right up there in the top races run in Australia. And... We love our milers. We've had fantastic milers. We've got great sprinters that turn into sprinter milers. And uh, it's the perfect time of year in, in March to, to run the race. The other part about the voting as well is that you can become an owner for the day. Uh, so if you get chosen, uh, if you put your vote in from Australia or New Zealand and you get voted, uh, you get picked out of the hat, uh, you can become a lucky owner of a racehorse on the day. And if the horse wins, you get $250,000 in the kitty as well. So there's a, a cash grab at the end of it. For somebody who calls, you, you provide the soundtrack for, you know, these great moments in, in racing. And, you know, some of them become just great moments in Australian sport. How excited are you, Matt, that for the next 10, 15, 20 years of your professional life, you're going to be part of an industry that is challenged to come up with these new concepts and, um, you know, for the, again, for the layman out there, they seem to be adding a dimension to racing that perhaps racing needed. Is it something that excites you, the, the way that the imagination's being tested by the industry? Definitely. Definitely. And I think where racing sits, we have this unique situation where we can do both. We've got the tradition that goes back 150 years, races like the Derby and the Melbourne Cup and 
Uh, because even the English Derby goes back to the mid-1700s. Um, we've got these extraordinary races that have been run for so long. And then we've got the new ones, the new sexy, bright ones. And uh, this is this is one of those uh, races, the All-Star Mile. And as I mentioned, it, it, it's just got every element to it because we love our milers. Um, the, the public vote, it's very similar to a race in Japan, uh, the Arima Kinnan, where the public vote for the field. So the public get really engaged. And we get the best racehorses competing against each other. So it's actually got everything. Mm. Um, and it's I can't believe it's the fifth running, actually. It feels so still pretty new, new and fresh. And it's really building momentum. And as the years go on, people are really starting to get excited about this race. And do you buy into, you know, sort of away from the All-Star Mile? And as you said, right from the outset, voting is well and truly open now. Go to the website and uh, cast your vote for uh, your the your horse of choice did do, do you engage much time into thinking about some of the sort of broader issues for example the one that um i've heard a few people talk about in recent times is the rescheduling of the of the sort of schedule here in in our spring and perhaps running the cox plate after the melbourne cup is that something that you spend much time having to think about Oh, well, I, I care deeply for the sport. I've, I've followed it since I was, you know, 10 years of age. So, um, as you know, I've watched a lot of racing in my time. And yeah, you do think about these sort of issues, but have you got two hours? I know yeah. you don't, guys. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, racing's such a complicated beast uh, at times. And, um, and we, we are also a sport that's competing in a very different world nowadays with, with a lot of competition, not just in Australia, we've got the young people coming through that are loving the sports from America and from, from England. And uh, we have to keep uh, being fresh and, and new um, whilst keeping the traditions that we have because that's what the sport's built on. But we also have to uh, keep engaging you know, uh, the, the young people, otherwise uh, the sport will just wither away. Uh, so it, it's so important to, to keep these fresh ideas going and also look at and, and what uh, you're talking about, the Cox Plate issue uh, being, being moved. You know, the, the thing is there are times in the calendar that racing can sit there and say, well, maybe this should be our time to shine as well. Mm. And there is a lull in the cricket or the AFL. And uh, it's, it's, it's our responsibility to pepper away at the calendar and, and try and fill it as much as we can and engage the public. Last one before we let you go, Matt Hills joined us on the show. Um, we, we've heard some boom around Aft Cabin and we know it's out of the same stable as Animo and we probably got to see something like the very best of Aft Cabin up in Sydney on the weekend. What did you make of that performance? It was outstanding, and there was a, a lot of talk after Arth Cabin's uh, victory here in the Caulfield Guineas Prelude uh, earlier in our spring carnival, and uh, the, the preparation went awry, and he, he was taken off to the paddock. But maybe that's been a blessing in disguise yeah, for this yeah. horse. He's come back as an absolute mean machine, and uh, it's exciting. That's the great thing about the sport is we have these established stars that we've talked about in the All-Star Mile, but now we've got a new superstar coming through, and... And probably in a certain uh, respect, any a, a bit untapped. We don't really know where his ceiling is at the moment. Probably didn't beat the strongest field we've ever seen there in Sydney, but you can only beat what's up against you. And uh, he could not be any more impressive than what he was last week. <laughs> he did it easily. There's no doubt about that. Hey, Matt, well done today. Allstarmile.com.au is the place mm. to go. Uh, log on, cast your vote. And at the end of the day, in, in little under, little over 19 days' time, we're going to have a fantastic field of horses assembled for another fantastic oh, mile, mate. Thanks for joining right. us and all the best. Bye.
I can tell you, Andy, the, we had a scooter race in Fed Square today oh, no. uh, with some with some extraordinary uh, sports talent. Uh, Patrick Cripps, oh. Joel Selwood. Um, we had Glenn Boss, uh, JD Hayes, and they all got round in one piece. Well, that, uh, I, I, I thought you were about good. to break some news that perhaps Patrick Cripps had come off and broken an ankle, and I was going to walk out of the studio if you told me that, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> no, they all got all round clear. one piece. We all <laughs> breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> That's a very good result. Thanks for joining us, mate. Go on, your boys. Matt Hill, See the you, voice of racing in Australia. And uh, the All-Star Mile voting is up and open, allstarmile.com.au. Great concept, Andy. It's a, Andrew. It is. I know racing's not your caper, and that's no, all right. I mean, I you can pull the it. pants off us when you talk a bit too much basketball from time to time. Oh, but, you know, this you is... Know, <laughs> why are you getting so... Aggressive. I'm just saying it's a yeah, good concept. It was a concept, certain tone the way... in your voice. There's no, a little no. tone in your voice. Well, and I did not I, mean I always, that. It seemed like you just drifted out. You... No, I love the fact that you can vote and it's like a genuine all-star like it is with these other sports. You get them in there. and Did you see any of the Pro Bowl today? Uh, yes, I did. And I, what did I, you make of it? Uh, not my cup of tea. I, did, the only, I, I didn't like did it. Did you see when the argy-bargy with the um, – the uh, there was something going on. I, I don't worry about it. <laughs> I did like the fact that the Manning brothers were coaching against yes. one They are. I didn't like either of them as players, particularly Eli. You love he, now he did what he did to yeah. my, my term on a couple of Super Bowl occasions. Magnificent they mm. are now. They mm. are brilliant con- conversationalists. Their gr- their commentary yes. on game day in that sort of ultimate way they do it is. And they they if if the if the Pro Bowl if we get some figures tomorrow. Um, our time of you know a re-engagement in the Pro Bowl and numbers were up and interest levels. Mm. It's because of Eli and Peyton Manning, yeah, I reckon. Sure. They have been magnificent mm. in the – they coached against one another. Today. The, touch, see, the touch football mm. stuff actually was pretty good. Well, that's what I was going to say. If you haven't saw it, it wasn't the normal rubbish that they dish up where no, they're in pads. they didn't try and play a game. pretending that no. it was just uh, tag football. Yeah, yeah, flag, flag, flag football. football. Yeah. Yeah. It was good on a 50-yard nice. field and uh, it, was, it was good. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was okay. Well, it's all re- relative to the rubbish they normally dish up. Anything would have been better. Get rid than of that. it. Get rid- It'd be like in your bas- in basketball. Get rid of it. And yeah, baseball but- screwed themselves. Mm. They, but once upon a time, baseball played. They used to have the um, the all star thing. You play for home field. Home field on the in the World Series. Correct. Now that they've scrapped that now, which is a joke. Mm. Put something on the line, or get or change it completely. Yeah, because it's just a waste of well, time. Well, they changed it completely, and it was there was half a chance. I wonder if you saw it. Give us a call after Worth the break. A look, if you thought it was all right.